what's up? I'm so thankful for this time we get together. I mean, I'm really thankful for technology. Uh, I, I feel like I hate it sometimes, too. I'm sick of the Zoom calls like you are. Uh, but I'm really thankful for technology. I'm thankful that in some way we're able to, even though we're all going through different things in our life, with our finances, with our business, with our families, we're all going through different things. But we're somehow able to stay on a journey together, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, one of the things that's been going on uh, on our journey at home with our family is we've been kind of having an issue with, uh, we've been struggling with breakfast. Like breakfast has been real tough for us lately, and like we're going through groceries like nobody's business. I'm sure your house is the same, and uh, you know, like three days before it's grocery time, normally we run out of like breakfast stuff, right? The cereal's gone, there's like three like stale Cheerios that are left, and you know, all the meat that, you know, the bacon's gone, there's nothing else, and and if you know my family, I got a couple people in my family, there's not much meat on their bones, and so like some days, we're like on those days where we run out, like, oh, well, let's go get some donuts, so we'll pick up some donuts, and you know, the reality is like an hour or two past that, you know, wait till 10 o'clock or something, and and people start getting hangry real quick when we've just had nothing but sugar for breakfast and there's no protein. And, and so we've just been struggling. So if you've got like recipes for breakfast, like you can just send them over. We'll take your breakfast recipes. I know they say that uh, breakfast is the most important part of the day. You know, you know, some of you like skip breakfast and it's not the most important part of the day for you, but they say it is. Like I know there's a huge difference. Like when I go through the drive-thru and and to pick up some hash browns or go get some donuts or a sugary drink. And, you know, there's a complete difference from that day as, to po- as opposed to when I eat some eggs and have a protein shake or a smoothie. I'm, I'm a different man. And so, like, there's a lot of talk about breakfast, man. What is, what's it got to do with, with Jesus? Well, I want to talk to you about a, a message uh, entitled Breakfast uh, with Jesus. Uh, it's, a, it's a scene that we get at the very end of the Gospel of John very end of the Gospel of John, and, and uh, got, uh, John chapter 21, and, and it's the third time that Jesus appears to his disciples. I'll, I'll kind of help set the scene for you a, a little bit, that Jesus has told his disciples, Peter being kind of the, the, the lead of uh, the disciples, and he says, hey, go over to this mountain on Galilee, and, and I'll meet you soon. And he didn't really give them a time frame, and so they head over to this, uh, to this mountain, and they probably hang there for a day or two, and they're just waiting, waiting for Jesus to show up, and he doesn't show up, and they're just kind of hanging out, and eventually Peter's like, hey guys, let's, let's go fishing, let's go fishing, and the guy, other guys, or six other guys with him, are like, all right, let's go fishing, so they go down to the Sea of Galilee, and, and they're down there, and, and this is Peter's old profession, they're down there fishing, and uh, they, they fish in the middle of the night, so they go out, and they fish all night, and they don't catch a thing, but then Jesus shows up on the shore, and he'll call out to them, and they don't even recognize him through the morning mist as the light's beginning to break in, and after just a night of exhausting, you know, fruitless, you know, fishing, um, that it's not really turning up with anything, and, and they don't even know it's Jesus, but Jesus calls out a couple things to them as they're out there, and, and something shifts, and, and I want to turn to this text with you this, this uh, today, and, and as we dive in, I really want to lean into really the, the red letters, what Jesus says to his disciples, because in this time, there's kind of been this conversation about, was Peter being, you know, kind of going back to his old profession of fishing, you know, was he kind of forgetting what Jesus had called him to as he goes back, is he, is he going back, is he, is he not going to be a disciple anymore? Is he not going to lead and build the church? Some are, are thinking he's toying with this, but 
I think he's just a man of action. He's been up on the mountain, and he's waiting for Jesus, and he's like, I'm not just going to sit on my hands and do nothing. I'm going to go do something. And so instead of being a season of passive waiting, he's in a season of active waiting. I think many of us, that's where we're at right now. We're waiting for things to reopen. We're waiting for our business to pick back up. We're waiting for our business to open. We're we're waiting for a lot of things, but we're trying to keep ourselves busy, right? We're gardening and playing with hobbies and we're riding our bike more, taking what we're trying to stay busy, active. And where Peter and the disciples were, it's really where a lot of us are too. And, and as we get into this scene, I think there's something really about this breakfast with Jesus that he's going to host, um, that really God wants to speak something beyond breakfast about his presence in our life. And about his provision in our life, and really about his purpose and his plans for us in his purpose. And so let's dive into the text, John chapter 21. It's really the end of John's gospel here. It says, and afterward, uh, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. That's the third time he's appeared. By the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. They said, we'll go with you. So they, they all went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in uh, because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. And the the other disciples followed in the boat, towing a net uh, full of fish for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred Yards And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with some fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. And so Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and he dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 to be exact. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord And Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. I love this. I love this scene. I I love the red letters here because I think it says something to you and to me in this season of active waiting that we're going through about God's presence, about his provision he has for our life, and about the purpose he has for us, not only in this season, but in, this, in the years to come that he has for us. The first thing we see in the red letters that Jesus says to them is, haven't you any fish? And they say, no, just very simply, no. I mean, this isn't me and you going out to fish. I, I, I probably, if you've been around, you've heard me tell stories. I'm not a fisherman. Like, I like to, like, a charter fish where, you know, they put you right over the fish, and I can just reel it in and, and get to, uh, you know, enjoy the spoils, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So this isn't me and you fishing all night and coming up empty. This is professional fishermen that are coming up empty. I don't know if... Um, uh, if you're like me, but I know I'm a proud graduate of YouTube U. Anybody out there? Uh, proud graduate of, of YouTube U, uh, right? I'm like uh, vanilla ice. You know, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. I'll check YouTube. 
as Spotify revolves it. I don't, I don't know. That was stupid. Um, but but I, I've, I've, I'm known for just like looking up something on YouTube and right, it's, it says it's a 12-minute video, right? And then two hours later, I have two trips to the store later, I pulled back later and I'm still working on it and my sweet wife will come to me and she's like, hey, you know, and you guys know Taryn, like just her sweet voice. Hey, babe, how, how's it going? It's not going great. It's not going great. Like I'm frustrated. I'm failing at the stupid project, whatever it is, that it's 12 minutes online. I'm two hours in. I'm exhausted. I'm over it. And this is kind of the situation that they're in, except yet they're really good at this. And, you know, Jesus is calling out. They don't recognize it's him. Have you caught any fish? But really, there's more to this because this, this, have you caught any fish? This is something these guys have heard a thousand times. They're fishermen. They, they fish all night. They have a small boat, probably only seven and a half feet wide. And there's probably like some torches on, on the boat. And, and really at night, the fish will be drawn to the fire. And so usually they can just man, throw a net. I mean, they're just not rod and reel here. They're, they're casting this net all night long. So they're exhausted and they're frustrated and they failed. And here Jesus asking them, have you caught any fish? is a very common phrase. It's a common phrase that a passerby would do in the morning as they prepare and think about the meals they're going to serve their family that day. Do you have any fish? Right? It's the market. Like, pull it up on the Sea of Galilee, and I'll buy some fish from you. And, and they're frustrated to be able to say, no, like, we don't have anything. So they had heard this. This was a common phrase, but for Jesus, Jesus was calling them to face their failure, Right? He's calling them to face the failure, to have to come face to face with that. And what a common occurrence failure is in mine and your life. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to face our failure. We don't like to be honest about when we failed as a mom or a dad or as a friend or an employee or as a leader. We don't like to be honest about those things. But the reality is it's as common as have you had caught any fish? And he answers no, and, and as frustrated as they are in this time, they just, they're keeping it real, and, and, and I think through this, they don't even know it's Jesus. They don't even know it's Jesus, and, and I don't know if it was the morning mist that blurred their vision. I don't know if it was uh, the, his resurrected body that the scriptures tell us that our resurrected body, our res- resurrected physical body will actually look a little different, right? No more wrinkles. Come on, somebody. No more wrinkles. Um, But I don't know if it's that or if it's the morning mist or if it's their frustration and their failure of why they can't recognize Jesus. But what I do know is that Jesus is calling out to them in the midst of their failure. And And he's calling them beyond their failure because right now Jesus has a, he's making a fire for them back on the shore. He's making a fire for Peter, and he's got fire on his boat, but it wasn't long ago that Peter was failing triumphantly in the midst of the the courts of Caiaphas and the torches that sat at his side in in the, the courts of the high priest, and he failed greatly. And here Jesus is calling him to face that failure. God will call us to face our failures, whether it's as a a parent, a disciple, a leader, an employee, a brother, sister, who call us to face those failures. And it's not to bring condemnation or shame on us, right? Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you can look all the way back to Adam and 
And God called Adam to face his failure. Hey, there was something about that. He needed Adam to face his failure. You can look to Elijah. You can look to Nathan, the prophet, confronting David about his sin of adultery. And God makes us face our failure because, not because he wants to condemn us or to bring shame on us, but because he wants to set us free because we need to be humbled in order to grow and to honor God with our life. And I, I think simply what I want to communicate to you today is God wants to speak through the common moments of your life. He, he wants to speak to you through something as common as, hey, I, I, I messed up. It's not been a good day and I'm frustrated. And in that moment, God actually wants to, to speak to us and, and so that we can lean in and begin to hear his voice in that. Even if we don't even know it's Jesus, we can hear him whispering and giving us direction and as we put him first and, and as we look through the, the morning mist. The second thing that Jesus says is to throw your net on the right side. I, I, I know if like, we talked about like YouTube projects, usually those are ones we're not like, super adept at. They're, they're not ones we're, we're proficient at. We probably don't have a degree in things we're looking up on, on YouTube. But maybe pick, picture a different project, something you're very qualified to do, maybe something you went to school or you've been doing for 20 years, a long time, that you know your stuff. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, and then it's not going super well at that mo- at that very moment, and then someone who's untrained, who doesn't have education, who doesn't have the experience, tries to tell you how to do your job. Come on, you know you've had that in the workplace. Someone is trying to offer a helpful suggestion, but they have no expertise in what you're doing. I, I feel like I've had that a time or two. Um, hey, pastor, have you thought about doing this? Yeah, I, I get I get this from time to time. Uh, but that's kind of what happens here uh, with, with uh, Peter and the disciples. This is just a random passerby. And he's like, hey, toss your net on the other side, buddy. Right? Great idea. We did not think of that random passerby. They didn't know it was Jesus here. Great idea. We didn't try that. We didn't try just the other side. And the reality is that this is really a non-logical suggestion. It, there's really, it makes really no sense. They've been all night Every side of the boat they've probably tried. They've moved throughout the area. And what Jesus is suggesting, this random passerby to them at this moment, is suggesting makes no sense. Like it, it's seven and a half feet from here to here. It's just a little bit larger than uh, my arms. Like throwing the net there is not going to make any difference if they haven't. But, but, but they were humbled they face their failure, and, and they say, no, no, we haven't caught anything. But in this moment, Jesus is not only calling them to, to beyond their own failures, but he's calling them beyond their own logic and previous experience. And this is important because if we think back, actually, this scene looks a lot like Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, is the call of, of, of Peter as uh, the first disciple. Jesus is tempted uh, in, in Luke chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 5, he's preaching out on, on the shore, and, and Peter's there. He, it's kind of a similar situation. He's been fishing all night. He's caught nothing. Maybe Peter's just not a good fisherman. I don't know. But he hasn't caught anything. And, and, and the crowds are coming around Jesus, and he's like, hey, can you take me out on the boat? I'm going to preach from the boat and the, the water will help kind of carry the sound. So he's going out there, and you just imagine Peter's just looking up to Jesus, just soaking up every word he's saying, and, and eventually Jesus will tell him, hey, push out a little bit, a little bit further and cast your nets on the other side. 
And as he did that, again, he pulled in uh, so many fish that it actually began to tear the nets in the scene. And Jesus will go back and they'll go back to shore. And, and he said, hey, Peter, you've been a, a fisherman, but I want to make you a fisher of men. And this is really the calling of Peter to leave everything he's known and to follow Jesus. And it's in this scene that's kind of contrasted with this scene. Now, three years later, from the beginning of his journey to now, the, the last moment he'll see Jesus um, in his resurrected body on this earth, it's in this that he's being called to, to trust Jesus beyond before Jesus was in the boat. Now, Jesus is on the shore, and he doesn't even know it's Jesus, and now he's been humbled to a place that I'm even, I'm listening to the random passerby, and, and this, is, this is essential for what Jesus is preparing his disciples for, to be able to listen and to discern the Holy Spirit. Jesus is teaching and training his disciples in this moment to be able to hear the voice of, their, of the Holy Spirit. And he's calling them beyond their own logic and experience. Hey, I'm a, I'm a man of logic. All of us, we, our, our brains think logically and rationally. And, but, but the reality is that, that Jesus is not uh, confined to our own logic and previous experience. Like, he is a supernatural God, and in whatever situation you're up against, whatever your field of expertise is, Jesus is the expert. He is the pattern in which everything has been made creator of the universe, and he's the expert over your relationship and over your business and over your parenting. He's the expert. And so things that what might make sense, we've got to learn to discern and hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And this is what Jesus is teaching his disciples because they're learning to listen to advice from a random passerby that doesn't know anything and doesn't really make sense, but instead they, they actually listen. Ken Blanchard said feedback is the breakfast of champions, that there's something about being able to uh, receive feedback from even a random passerby in this moment. And I, and I can honestly applaud the disciples for being teachable and humble enough to, to follow this. And my prayer for you in this season is that, that, that you're humble and you're teachable and that you hear the voice of God so clear in your life and you're able to discern and really understand what is God speaking into my life? What is God calling me into uh, right now? He's calling us beyond failure, and He's calling us really beyond our previous experience. He's leading us every step of the way. The Holy Spirit is active and alive in our life. We see lots in the New Testament about the role of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is there to to, to empower us in mission. The Holy Spirit is, is present to equip us with, uh, with spiritual gifts that make ministry effective. The the Holy Spirit is present to comfort us, right? If you're going through a difficult time, the Holy Spirit is present. You cry out, God, I need your Holy Spirit to comfort me in this moment. We also know that the Holy Spirit is present to guide us into all truth. So the Spirit, how do we discern the truth? Well, the first thing of, of discerning what the Holy Spirit is speaking, He's not going to speak against what His Word has already spoken. He doesn't speak out of both sides of His mouth, and so we can rest assured, and that's our foundation for discerning of what God is speaking through His Word. And Jesus says another thing here. It's not just calling them, He's not just calling them beyond their, their failures and calling them beyond their, their previous experience and, and discerning what the voice of the Lord is speaking. But he, he tells them to come bring some of the fish that they've just caught. I want to tell you, in the month of April, your generosity was able to bless a lot of families that put groceries 
on a lot of tables in our city, and I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for, for your generosity in this season. But I have great news to report that in the month of May, we're going to be able to do almost double what we did in the month of April. And so we're here and postured here to serve you. Those who uh, are, are hurting, are, are, are financially struggling this season, your, your church family's here and, and, and are so generous and we're ready and postured to be able to serve you. So let us know uh, how we can uh, serve you in, in this season. And, and I, I think how you are operating, how the local church is called to operate, Jesus kind of gives us another picture of that here as Jesus, already, I mean, they come up and, and, and Jesus already has a fire going. The coals are burning hot and, um, and Jesus has the fish going. He's got bread toasting. He's ready. Toast is ready in the morning. And uh, he gives us this picture of what the church is to be. And, and I don't know, there's like seven guys sitting around and, and Jesus says, bring some of the fish. It doesn't say how many they brought, but maybe they brought two each. You know, they each brought a couple fish up, one big fish in each hand and plus what Jesus already had. And I just think there's something that God is speaking to us about provision here in this text. And it's that he, he not only calls us to beyond our failure, and, and he not only uh, wants to call us beyond our own logic and, and previous experience into his supernatural power, but he calls us to participate in the party. The, the reality is that the table was set who knows how many fish Jesus had? I don't know if he purchased those or he'd been fishing himself or, or just snapped his fingers and there, were, there was fish. I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, what, what I, I do know is he tells them to bring some fish to the party. There's something about innate in our human condition that God has wired it within us that we actually are more invested in something uh, when we participate. Uh, I've found it to be true. You know, when I'm hosting a party or we host a church event, sometimes we're like, hey, bring some chips, right? Because you're more likely to show up if you, you've said, hey, I'm bringing the chips. It's just innate in our, in our human uh, nature. And, and here Jesus says, bring some of the fish you brought because he wants them to participate in the party. He wants to see the fruit of their labor, of their obedience and the impact that it can have in the party. I think one of the key things that I want to communicate to you beyond just his presence and, you know, and calling on our life, but towards provision is that, you know, Jesus, um, Jesus has it all. God really doesn't need what we have. He wants what we have. He calls us to bring what we have to the table. And I don't know how many they brought to the table, but let's say it was two each. It's like 14 or 15. It's kind of like 10% of the whole you know, God calls us to participate. It's kind of a reflection of the tithe, of the, the first fruits that we get to participate in the ministry of the gospel and, and see lives be changed. And, and this picture of Jesus already has the fire made is really a picture of the gospel that, you know, he, we, even when we bring nothing to the table, there's plenty. Even when we bring nothing to the table, there's plenty, and He wants to care for us, right? We were dead in our transgressions. We, our righteousness is but filthy rags. Even when we bring nothing, He has plenty, but He calls us to participate in the provision, to participate in the party. And, and when we obey, when we listen, when we look through our to-do list, we look beyond our to-do list, look through the morning mist, beyond our failures, we get this opportunity to, to dive into the water and joyfully be able to bring some things to the party Man, we feel at home. We, we feel apart. And maybe some of you, you feel distant from the body of Christ right now. And I just want to encourage you, lean in and participate. Use your gifts 
to build up your community. Use your gifts to be able to build up your church right here. If this is your local church, then, then use your gifts. Be a part in generosity so that we can continue to bless more people, and you're a part of that, and we get to be a part of that. And I'm so thankful for just your generosity and who we are as a church and the impact we're all able to make, not just here in this city, but around the globe. I'm so thankful for that. The final thing that Jesus says to them is, come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast, right? This was a special day for uh, the disciples, man. This was a catch worth writing home about, right? These were not just little minnows, a bunch of little minnows that they caught. They caught 150 three large fish. I mean, to me, that kind of tells me they were proud of it, right? You go out fishing, you know how many you caught. You caught 40, or you caught 20 fish, or you caught two. You don't forget how many fish you caught on that day, and these disciples were pumped about that. But the stories they'd tell down the road are not about the fish. It's about sitting down with Jesus and being reminded that, hey, in this Easter season, we're still in the Easter season, the, uh, you know, Pentecost is uh, Pentecost Sunday is here at the end of, of May, but we're still in Easter resurrection season. They're being reminded of the hope that they have in Jesus, that Jesus is alive, right? They don't, they don't have to be sorrowful. They don't have to second guess what Jesus is calling them to in a season of waiting. Jesus meets them. He meets them in the season of waiting and he's calling them not just beyond their failures and, 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 and not just to participate in the party, but he's calling them to just enjoy being with him. Just like, settle down, guys. I just, I just want to enjoy this time uh, with you. And, and, and so I hope out of this message that you can see beyond breakfast. In fact, I, I think as we talk about being able to discern the voice of God and the Holy Spirit, I, I think one of the big things with that is getting your day started right, getting your, getting, doing some breakfast with Jesus, just sitting down by the fire, and that's probably outside for us, it's getting really hot here in Florida, but just sitting down with Jesus, opening up the word, worshiping, and just opening up your heart to what God wants to speak, and, and just be reminded that His presence is going with us, like He's going with the disciples, His presence is going with us on Monday, on Tuesday, whatever failures you're fighting through as a a parent who's trying to, you know, homeschool and work full time and, and manage all the plates of your life right now and you're going crazy or whatever you're going, whatever you're feeling a failure about, God's calling you beyond it. And he's, he's drawing you close to his presence to be with him in this season of active waiting. And that will be, that will be the story that we want to tell. Man, I drew close to God in this season he calls us beyond our failures. He calls us beyond our previous experience. And even what our own logical minds tell us is the right thing that we can discern and learn, maybe through the common moments of life, maybe through our kids whispering something in our ear. And, and that just strikes us. And God speaks to us through it. Maybe it's a common passerby or a coworker or a friend or just a fellow Fathom Fam member that speaks to us. But my prayer for you is that you're able to see beyond breakfast, that you're able to see that, that we have hope. This season of active waiting, we've got hope. Jesus is alive, and he, he wants us to be a part, and so we're not sitting on our hands in this season of waiting. We're active. We're active in mission and ministry, and we are growing. The gospel is going forward, and that he's making a difference, and you can make a difference with your participation, and so I just want to challenge you today just to enjoy being 
with God, enjoy being with his people, if, whether if it's on a Zoom, and, and just desire for that more and more for the Lord, for being with his people, for doing this life together, discerning what he's doing in all these common moments in our everyday life. I don't know where you're at, but I want to pray with you today and pray that God would lead you to your next steps. Each one of us has a next step today. Maybe that next step is, hey, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to start my day with prayer and with worship. I don't know what your next step is. Maybe it's shaking off that failure today and saying, hey, you know what? There's no condemnation in Christ. And as I pray, I just pray that you'd shake that off. Maybe you've got some big things that you're trying to discern some things are not working. The, the funds are running out. You've had a, a lot of tireless nights of empty fishing, and, and you need to discern what the voice of God is in your common moment this week. I don't know what that is, but let me pray with you. Ask that God would lead you um, and give you guidance in your life. God, I thank you for your word that's, that's alive, and it's as sharp as any two-edged sword. I pray right now for every person that's watching this video today, God, that you would just you would help them sort through what you're speaking to them out of this text, whether it's waking up and just starting their day every, every day with you, God, whether it's you know, shaking off some of the failures of before, whether it's discerning your voice, whether it's a, a call to participate in the party, God, whether by using their gifts or in generosity, or maybe it's just a simple reminder to delight ourselves in you, God, and you're going to give us the desires of our heart. God, we trust you and we love you and we thank you for this time we've been able to share together. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Fathom Church. I can't wait to be together again in the building. Uh, but until then, I'm praying the Lord's blessing over your life.